Welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this program, you'll hear inspiring stories, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Now let's welcome our hosts, Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and Robert Walter, our New York Regional Director. Shalom, friends, and welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program. Today we're going to be talking about the final great festival of the Jewish year, the Feast of Tabernacles. There are seven great festivals listed in Leviticus 23, and Tabernacles, or as we say in Hebrew, Sukkot, that is the last one, and in many ways it's my favorite one, I can tell you that, because Rosh Hashanah, the new year, a lot of repentance, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, fasting, and you've heard about that, and now the theme of Sukkot is to rejoice. And so what do you do when your sins are forgiven? Well, you smile, you're happy, you rejoice. And so Sukkot is a celebration of all that God's done and all that the Lord did for the Jewish people in the wilderness. With me is my co-host, Bobby Walter, who leads our congregation in Brooklyn and the work of Chosen People Ministries in New York City. And I'm going to ask Bobby to maybe walk us through some of the biblical information about Sukkot and maybe some of the ways that Sukkot is celebrated. So, Bobby, go ahead and uh, share some of what God's Word tells us about Sukkot. Great, great. Thank you, Mitch. Shalom and shalom to everyone who's out there listening. Uh, We're really just so elated, especially at this time of year uh, around Sukkot, where the theme is rejoicing. And I'll tell you, Mitch, here in Brooklyn, when Sukkot comes, this is like, I I like to turn on some Christmas carols, especially when it says it's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, Because there's (laughs) just You can't miss it in Brooklyn, can you? You cannot miss it in Brooklyn because so many of the, especially the Orthodox religious Jewish communities are, there's a buzz in the air. You know, it's just people are coming to Brooklyn from Israel or from all over the world to celebrate this holiday. And it is a a time of great rejoicing and celebration. And even in Scripture, we see that in many ways, this is like a God-ordained week-long party that's supposed to take place. (laughs) There's food, there's music, there's dancing, there's study of the Word, there's, uh, there's just so much celebration that's going on this time of year. So, I want us to take a look real quick at uh, just a few passages uh, about Sukkot or the Feast of Tabernacles. That's what Sukkot literally means, tabernacles. Uh, And we read about it, again, in Leviticus 23. And I know last week we talked about Yom Kippur, which, again, is very uh, sort of culturally well-known in America, I think. You know, people have heard of Yom Kippur. Not everyone has heard of Sukkot, though. Not everyone has heard of Tabernacles. But it, like you said, Mitch, it's a big deal. So, Leviticus 23, we begin reading about it in verse 33, and it goes all the way basically to the end of the chapter in verse 44. But I want us to read Leviticus 23 in verse 39. All right, so this is what it says. On exactly the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the crops of the land, you shall celebrate the feast of the Lord for seven days, with a rest on the first day and a rest on the eighth day. So the timing of this holiday, where where does it fall on the calendar? Uh, Usually, again, it's this time of year. It's the end of the harvest season. It's the end of the summer. We're entering into the fall, into the autumn. And really in Israel, we're entering into the rain season. Because Israel Mm. over the summer, Mitch, as you know very well, it's very dry. Rarely. Pretty dry. (laughs) Yeah. Rarely will it rain uh, in Israel for 
June, July, August, and into September. But once we get to Sukkot, it's like we're on the precipice of the rain season, which is very important in Israel because without rain, then the crops won't grow, right? So it's very, very important that a good rain season come. So, okay, I'll keep reading. Uh, So there's this feast at the end of the harvest season, seven-day feast, verse 40. Now, on the first day, you shall take for yourselves the foliage of beautiful trees, palm branches, and boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. So, there's the command to rejoice for these seven days. And again, that's what this holiday is all about. But we also, in verse 40, have this uh, command to take, you know, certain natural elements and bring them together as part of the rejoicing. So, four things are mentioned. And this, in the Jewish community today, this is observed with what's called the lulav, okay? The lulav, and, you know, we go on the street here in Brooklyn and they sell them. Uh, They have like little tables set up on the street corner where you can go buy a lulav. And it's four different elements. One is a palm branch, which is mentioned here. One is uh, willows of the brook, so it's a few willow branches. And then you have bows of leafy trees, which is understood to be myrtle branches. And then the last thing is the foliage of the beautiful trees. So, this is understood as what's called an etrog, which is almost like a lemon, okay, that grows in really, It's a really big lemon, Bobby. Really big lemon. Yeah. I don't think we get that stuff in the United States. I think that's imported, I think. It's all, yeah. I mean, the ones that I have purchased, uh, it says, you know, made in Israel or grown in Israel. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, these elements are taken, and that's why, you know, you may see Orthodox Jewish people celebrating the Feast of Sukkot, dwelling in these temporary booths or tents that are set up, uh, and using these palm branches with this lemon-looking citrus fruit and shaking it, and it's all based on Leviticus 23 here and this idea of rejoicing and celebrating before the Lord. Yeah, we march around the synagogue shaking it seven times and... Uh rejoicing before the Lord. And Bobby, you do a good job, I've seen you do it, of shaking the lulav and, and the esrog. And you know, it points to the earth, it points to heaven, it points northeast, southwest, understanding that God's kingdom surrounds us. Right. That sort of adds to the, uh, the celebration throughout the week. And there's, there's a lot more to it. So you're looking back right? And you're remembering. So, a little bit further down in Leviticus 23, verse 42, it says this, you shall live in booths for seven days. All the native born in Israel shall live in booths so that your generations may know that I had the sons of Israel live in booths when I brought them out from the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. The kids love it because it's, you know, it's like camping out in your backyard. And of course, in Brooklyn, we don't have backyards, so we have uh, balconies. Balconies, yeah. And so uh, you're in and out of the booth all the time. And and the booth reminds us of the frailty of life, particularly of the frailty of life in the wilderness wanderings over 40 years. And it reminds us that the God who leads us through the wilderness of life takes care of us Mm -hmm. in the wilderness of life. He's a great provider. And even though our sukkah booths, our human bodies are frail, well, God still takes care of us and provides for us. Yeah. And not only that, what I also love about it, you know, this invitation to remember how Israel lived in booths and tabernacles in the wilderness, right? As you're remembering Mm -hmm. that, you're also remembering the fact that God gave the instructions for his tabernacle, for his booth to be built in the midst of the camp. 
So you're remembering that God is with us. Right, of course. And that Mishkan from Shochain to dwell is right. so important. And uh, I think Chosen People's just done a 3D video of the Mishkan and all the elements of the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. And I think we're putting that out on our website. And uh, so, you know, watch for that, friends. And we'll, we'll take you on a tour of the tabernacle and show you how it points to Jesus. It's an awesome, amazing uh, little video. But so many things about the feasts are so interesting, but I think essentially God uses the feasts as a teaching tool for the children of Israel and for, for the church also. Mm-hmm. And so you look back. So Tabernacles, of course, looks back to the wilderness wanderings, but it also looks towards a future. Mm-hmm. And of course, the future is when the day, ultimately, when the knowledge and presence of God fills the earth and there's rejoicing because uh, God is with us and he's with us forever. And of course, we know that that happens in the person of the Messiah. Well, Jewish people know that also. And that's why Jewish people wait for the Messiah and wait for this great day when the Messiah will rule and reign on the earth. But sometimes these prophetic events happen in stages. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the seventh chapter of the Gospel of John, one of my favorite chapters in the New Testament, it reads like a a really good uh, spy novel. You know, it leaves you breathless if you read all of John 7. Jesus is going to the feast. He's not going to the feast. He doesn't want to... He, it's not his time, so he doesn't want to get caught by the Jewish leaders. And then he flees the Jewish leaders. He hides and he comes back. And, and I mean, there's so many great elements of, of suspense in John chapter 7. I, I, I just love it. But at the end of John chapter 7, beginning at verse 37, we see what happens on the seventh great day of the feast called Hoshana Rabbah. Mm-hmm. And this is the day when traditionally the priests would uh, gather hundreds of people, and they would march down to the pools of Siloam in Jerusalem to get living water. And then they would fill their urns and march back to the temple with great pomp and circumstance. And the Israeli choirs and musicians would be playing, and uh, there would be dancing. And then they would march around the altar seven times and then pour the water that they got from the pool of Siloam, this living water, they would pour it on the corners of, of the altar. And it was just a spectacular occasion yeah. and a very noisy occasion. They're shaking their lulavs as well. And they're shaking the lulavs. A lot of racket. It's a big racket. Right. A lot of noise. Right. And in John chapter 7, verse 37, with this as a background, now understand these words. I think it'll help you get the picture for it. Now, on the last day, the great day of the feast, that's the seventh day, Hoshana Rabbah, Jesus stood and cried out. He had to cry out because Jesus was a good street preacher, you know. He was able to allow his voice to be heard through the crowd. And he said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Well, remember, this festival is all about getting the rain in. In fact, there are special prayers for rain in synagogues today. Mm -hmm. Jewish people actually pray for rain. Can you believe that? Your Jewish neighbors are praying for rain. And um, for those of you who are from California and from some other uh, places, you know, that's a prayer we all hope gets answered. And uh, we need rain all across the world right now. And so we read, if anyone is thirsty, 
let him come to me and drink. So Jesus is playing off the theme of God providing rain. And it's very interesting that the uh, Jewish interpreters, based on Joel chapter 2 and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit that Peter also mentions in his first sermon in Acts 2, there's a tying together between the pouring out of rain in the last days and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit in the last days. Mm-hmm. And that is not something that was invented in the New Testament or for the New Testament. That is something uh, that is part of Jewish tradition even to this day. And so what Jesus says, when he says, come to me and drink, people understand that this has some kind of messianic interpretation. So he says, he who believes in me, so drinking is synonymous with believing. So he who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And but this he spoke of the spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for the spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So in other words, at this high point of the feast, on the seventh day, Jesus, the Messiah, this itinerant Galilean rabbi, got up and emerged out of the crowd and said, if you believe in me, then you will never thirst again. In other words, your soul will be filled with living water. And you know you have to compare it to John 4 also. And so there is this great truth preached during the Feast of Tabernacles by Jesus himself that God provides life-giving rain for our souls by his spirit and that those who believe can be transformed and be filled with his joy. And I, I love that proclamation during the Feast of Tabernacles. And there's more. Read through Zechariah chapter 14, and you'll see that uh, in that day, the nations will come to Jerusalem and will worship the King of kings and Lord of lords who is in his, on his rightful throne in Jerusalem in fulfillment of the Davidic covenant. And even the Gentiles will come. And the judgment is if you don't come, you don't get any rain. Hmm. So rain as God's provision for life is so important in understanding the Feast of Tabernacles. I think I'll stop there, Bobby, because those of us who know the Lord Jesus will one day see it all in living color. So we wait for that great day. Chosen People Ministries exists to pray for, evangelize, disciple, and serve Jewish people all across the world. And we also want to help equip fellow believers to do the same. Our mission was founded in 1894 by Rabbi Leopold Cohn, and we have a zeal to share the knowledge of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, with God's chosen people. If you'd like to help us do the same, we invite you to go online and learn more. You'll find us at chosenpeople.com radio. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. And right now we're going to hear from Aaron Schust. Aaron is an award-winning artist who has an amazing heart for ministry and for God's people all over the world. And we know that you are going to be blessed by this song. In 2007, I was reading in the book of Exodus before I wrote this song that I'm going to play next called Watch Over Me. I'm going to read it for you now. Exodus chapter 12, verse 40 and following. The time that the people of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of 430 years, on the very day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It was a night of watching by the Lord to bring them out of the land of Egypt. So this same night is a night of watching kept 
to the Lord by all the people of Israel throughout their generations. Of books that have been published on the land and the people of Israel. But where do you look when you want to separate fact from fiction? 
Fake news is not something new, nor is it something that's going away anytime soon. And that's why we'd like to share a resource that presents all the facts in one place. It's a book called, What Should We Think About Israel? And it's our free gift to you today, just for reaching out and letting us know you're listening. Go beyond today's heated debates and questionable news to discern for yourself what's important to know about Israel and why it affects you. You'll find this great resource online at chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. Or ask for the book, What Should We Think About Israel? Edited by J. Randall Price when you call 888-293-7482. That number again is 888-293-7482. Thanks. We look forward to hearing from you soon. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. We want to thank you so much for joining us today. And if you'd like to learn more about this weekly program, then let me encourage you to stop by our website and explore. We have a variety of resources available to help you discover the Jewish roots of your Christian faith, resources to help you learn how to celebrate the biblical feasts, and we even have a free gift for you. That's right, Bobby. You can ask for Randall Price's compilation book with a chapter from me on Jerusalem, so you can uh, learn a little bit more about Jerusalem. What should we think about Israel? And you can get this book by going to chosenpeople.com slash radio. We'll send it to you absolutely free. It's our way of saying thank you for being with us today. And if you'd like to partner with us this year, we'd love to hear from you. There's a variety of ways you can get plugged in. We have short and long-term ministries, our Foundations 22 program, which is designed to prioritize the essentials, personal evangelism, personal discipleship, and the training that all of us need to go deeper and further in serving the Lord. And uh, we have been serving the Lord with Chosen People Ministries. Our ministry has been uh, serving the Messiah among the Jewish people for 128 years. And if you think I'm the founder, that's not correct. But I am enjoying my 26th years leading Chosen People Ministries. And I know that you'll appreciate uh, the heritage we have and all that God is doing through us at this time. So pray for us. Your prayers are so powerful. Let us know you're listening and let us know you're praying. Visit chosenpeople.com slash radio. Click the Contact Us link on our homepage and you'll be able to get to us. You can also call us and let us know that you're listening. The number to dial is 888-293-7482. And be sure to ask for your free copy of What Should We Think About Israel? And now let's wrap up today's program with the Aaronic Benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace. Rosh 
Rosh Hashanah marks the beginning of the Jewish New Year. It is translated as the head of the year and marks the start of the 10 days of all leading up to Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. On the Jewish calendar, Rosh Hashanah falls on the first two days of the month of Tishrei. The Bible refers to the holiday as Yom HaZikaron, the Day of Remembrance, and Yom Teruah, the Day of Blowing of Trumpets. But what is the significance of these names? During synagogue services, the Jewish community sounds the shofar, or a ram's horn, as a call to repentance. This moment begins a period of introspection and repentance within the Jewish community. Come discover for yourself at our conference, Trumpets to Tents, celebrating Jesus in the Jewish holidays. Our speakers will discuss the three fall festivals, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. You will learn how each of these holidays reveals aspects of Jesus' life and redemptive ministry. Thank you.